You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Dave, how are you doing today? Not bad, Nick. How are you? Fan-freaking-tastic. I love it. <laughs> Such enthusiasm. Thursday, we're doing a podcast. Got some uh, yeah. stuff to do on Friday, and then we're headed out on vacation for a week. So it doesn't get better than that. World Cup's going on. I'm going to have a great World Cup final this year. Dave, do you know who's in the final? Um, Argentina? <laughs> hey, hey, wow. I'm impressed. <laughs> I am impressed. I still think the World Cup has to do with hockey and doesn't take place at this <laughs> time of year. So, Indeed. It is definitely not the right time of year, but it has been a ton of fun to watch. So uh, speaking of fun, Dave, we've got a great topic today. This one has been picking up a lot more steam lately, it feels yeah. like, clients. Um, and that is, should I lease or buy my next car? Yeah, this is this has come up a couple times for me with clients just in the last couple of weeks, and uh, it's always an interesting topic. I always figure there's a it's probably a little different sitting here in Michigan too, right? So oh, think, for sure. You know, in the the world of uh, at least the our like our parents' generation, you know, was very auto industry centric. I guess growing up in. Right. Michigan. And it's been funny talking to, I've got some clients that are from the East Coast and the West Coast too, but this has come up in some conversations with some East Coast clients that have moved to Michigan. Like, yeah, we just don't understand. Like our friends and neighbors all, you know, can't understand why we're still driving the same Subaru we bought in the 1980s, you know? Right. <laughs> it's like, well, it's because their brother-in-laws need a job, you know, they need to, yeah. <laughs> you need to go get right. a new car. Um, you're just not doing it. You know, it goes the other direction now too, right? Like right. in the city, people just don't have cars. Kids don't yeah. ever learn yeah. how to drive yeah. because it's just not as, you know, it's not needed anymore with all of the technology around Uber and ride shares right. and, right. you know, the, the cars that you can basically pick up like a Lime scooter and rent on the street, side of the street with an app. So, Which is interesting as a financial planner too, right? Because a car, car is a major expense and For sure. uh, a big budget item and usually still for most of our clients, it's still a necessity. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a necessary evil from a financial planning standpoint because there's just no good way to buy a car. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It's interesting that you mentioned that too. I think there was, I know of one person who decided in, in Michigan, she, her husband was going to Michigan State and uh, um, getting his doctorate. She was doing some bookkeeping, but she decided that they were just going to do rideshare and Uber in uh, East Lansing of all places. So mm-hmm. it, it it was interesting. I guess it can be done, but I would say that she's uh, one of the few, not the many around here. You know, growing up in rural Michigan, you know, getting your driver's license and having a vehicle was a big deal for both my kids, you know, in high school in the Ann Arbor area. Eh. You know, mm-hmm. they there was always there was always somebody in their group that had a car and had a driver's license. But yeah. uh, you know, they carpooled and they used public transportation quite a bit. So yeah. You know, a little different mindset nowadays and geographically too. For sure. It's interesting and it's changing. So um, I want to go back to this leasing and buying idea. And one of the things that's been kind of interesting, and I think we're getting more questions around it, is it used to be if you were in the leasing crowd that uh, you would 
essentially, you know, after your two-year lease was up, you'd turn it in and get a new one. Mm -hmm. But with the dynamics of the pricing around some of these used cars, a lot of people are buying out their lease and then being able to turn around and flip it, it, you know, make a profit on it, which is unheard of in terms of the uh, leasing world. So I think that's definitely increasing or piquing people's interest about I know of a couple of clients who decided that they would buy out their leases at the end because their car was just worth so much more. Yeah, that it, and I have a feeling that isn't going to hold very long. No, it's can't the, imagine. we're in a we're we're coming we're on the backside I think already of a very distorted used car market coming out of the pandemic. I think in general what we have to say about leasing and buying you know, still holds. And I, cause I don't think that situation is going to persist. Yeah. And I, and I guess, you know, going back to your point about this being from a financial standpoint, right. If we look at it in terms of like what you actually have to do to buy a car and the costs associated with, it's a major expense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going back to, I'm sure I've said this multiple times, but you know, the best way to build wealth over time is to live in a cardboard box and have minimal expenses. <laughs> right. So I guess if you have to have a car to get to work, maybe you buy yeah. like a 1980s Chevy yeah. Nova or something yeah. that's going to cost you the least amount of money possible, but yeah. that's not necessarily everyone's reality. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's, uh, you know, the, the Dave Ramsey talk show host on personal finance. He's adamant that you buy the least expensive car, least expensive used car that you can find that will get mm-hmm. you look at trans, look at it purely as transportation, not a status yeah. symbol, not, uh, Hey, this is cool. It is just about getting you from point A to point B, strip all the other stuff out of it, right? And all you want is a vehicle that you can buy the cheapest vehicle that will get you from point A to point B Mm -hmm. and drive it until it dies and then buy another one just like it, right? Yeah, that's absolutely. And and he's right. I mean, you know, I have plenty of, you know, we can talk about Dave Ramsey for for a while, but I've, I've (laughs) you know, he's absolutely right from a financial standpoint. Sure. And to your point, you know, there's all kinds of um, other ways to think about cars too that get in the way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, there's a lot more information out about cars and the cost of operating cars nowadays. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot more studies on, you know, general operating maintenance costs, cost of ownership studies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if that's what your ultimate goal is, is to, if you view it as a, as a use asset and you want to find the cheapest one that takes yeah. the least amount of money to operate, and that's an option. You know, I would say that I personally kind of fall into that boat, right? I yeah. bought a, in 2008, I bought a Honda Fit. This is mm-hmm. a timely topic because it just kind of plays into the end of my Honda Fit. But in 2008, I bought it brand new. And I mm-hmm. told the um, I told the salesperson that I was going to drive it until my daughter was 16. She was four at the time. Mm-hmm. So that would have been 12 years. And she's like, there's no way. <laughs> like, you're going to be back in here in five years looking for an upgrade. Yeah. And sure enough, in uh, when she turned 16, I gave her that car and I went in and told the, the yeah. salesperson about it too. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah. So um, she drove it for the last three years. She's 18, almost 19 now. And we just sold it because she got an upgrade. Um, for my dad. So it was one of those things like for me personally, I don't really, I want a car that runs. I don't have to worry a lot about mm-hmm. it. Does it cost me a lot? But that's my personal preference. Yeah. So that made sense in that regard. Yeah. And I, I tell client when I get these kind of questions, I always put it right up front. I'm not a car guy. I get no, I, I need a, I, I need a 
reliable vehicle. I need more than a Honda Fit to get to some of the places I, <laughs> I go, but that's a whole different story, you know. Um, but I also I also hate car maintenance. So mm-hmm. I kind of fall into that trap of I don't want to drive a car for 20 years because I'm just I a I'm not good at the upkeep and B I'm right. always going to be worrying is this the is this the road trip that it dies right yeah and and because I do like to do longer road trips and stuff but bringing it back to leasing versus buying you know so we've got this flow chart from our friends at FB Pathfinders and and we'll include it in the show notes and it's kind of our guide and it it fits with what we usually try to talk through clients with this but the very first question is do you like to get a new automobile every few years yeah. you know and that's not a financial question right no that's very subjective no. and speaks mm-hmm. to that like what kind of what kind of car user are you? Are you a car right. person who gets some enjoyment out of having, you know, the fastest, the best, the right. you know, or the shiniest, or is it just purely transportation to you? Or are you in the middle? Yeah, and I think too, we could add in to your point too, Dave, like what kind of car person are you in terms of like, if you own a car, there's that layer of maintenance, there's that layer of repairs, and that can be super stressful in today's world of finding someone to fix your car, figuring out if they're, you know, giving you the right advice, if you really need that, you know, extra flush or whatever it is. And so like figuring that out all on your own, I think definitely makes you know, that's a, something to factor into that yeah. decision of, yeah. do I want to do this? Yeah. Or am I going to buy it? And am I going to have to sell it? I got to tell you, we sold that car on Facebook and I made my daughter do it. And thank God, because it was driving <laughs> me nuts just hearing secondhand about all the, like the inquiries and questions she yeah. got about it. It takes a special person to be able to do that. So if those are some of the things that you're sitting there saying, I just don't want to deal with that. Yeah. You know, that's something that you have to consider for sure. Yeah. So, so you know, rather than walk through each box on this flow chart, because there's a lot of them, I think we can distill it down to the idea that leasing may make sense for you if you just, if you're one of those people that needs to have a new car every two years, right? Or you're, or, and you're worried about having the latest safety features and having all the mm-hmm. tech be up to date and you don't drive a lot of miles because right. even if you get a higher mileage lease, you know, those at that adds that the, the cost goes up exponentially when you start tacking on being able to drive more miles. And, and then there's the overages and the wear and tear fees that start to add up too. So mm-hmm. if you drive limited miles and then for business owners, there may be some tax advantages available through leasing. There's also sure. tax advantages to buying a car if you're a business owner. So, you know, that's, right. that's a conversation to have with your CPA about, mm-hmm. you know, what might work in your sense, in your case. Buying may make more sense if you drive a lot of miles. Mm-hmm. If you're not one of those people that needs to have a new vehicle every two years, you know, you're right. not too worried about the tech being out of date or, you know, whether your iPhone's going to be able to run the navigation system reliably. Yeah. <laughs> dealing with that myself right now. <laughs> if you want flexibility and how long you own the car or what you can do with the car, you know, do you want to sure. be able to modify it or then buying may make more sense. And then if you also are worried about the depreciation hit. They say a car value drops by almost half the minute you drive it off the lot. Yeah. So if that bothers you, then, you know, then you definitely should be looking at a used car. Notice 
we haven't done any financial analysis here, really. You know, we're talking just those qualitative things, subjective things about how you feel about cars. Because at the end of the day, where we started, there's no good way to do it. And it's, it's going right. to be expensive. And you're not really, you know, and we talk about this with a lot of the variables we deal with in financial planning. Some of them, you just have to kind of quantify, like, what's the risk of that happening versus, you know, um, do I want to pay for that risk? Or, right. or, you know, in the case of leasing, you're paying a little more for having the ability to know that you don't have to worry about the long-term maintenance and upkeep, right? Right. If nothing sure. goes wrong, then yeah, you might've been better off buying and driving it, right. but you don't know that up front. So, you know, what's it worth to you to take that concern out of your mind, you know, take that, take that off your plate. And I think too, you know, sometimes we forget and, you know, depending on what dealership you go to and who do you talk to, you know, they talk about it in terms of like car ownership mm-hmm. as an investment. Mm-hmm. And the sooner you can start thinking it of as a, like, this is a use asset, right? Yeah. Like I'm not going to get more no. out of this than what yeah. I put in. Yeah. Then you can start framing those decisions in a way that make the most sense for yeah. you and what you want to see as opposed to like trying to make a good investment decision because that's not what this is. What you know, If you want to put it in investment terms and it's more about what's the opportunity cost of spending more on this vehicle compared to what would I get if I took that extra money and invested it. That's how right. you, if you want to put it in investment terms, <laughs> that's the way to yeah. think about it. If I, buy the Le- if I buy the Honda Fit and drive it for mm-hmm. 15 years, all, those extra, all that extra money that I could have spent on a you know, brand new, you know, nicer vehicle on, Again, not a car guy, so we'll just leave examples out of it. You know, that could have all been funneled into your 401k or your college savings accounts. You know, what's the, right. what's the opportunity cost is more important right. than the um, value of the car itself as an investment. That's, that's exactly. kind of silly, but yeah. So, you know, in a nutshell, if you want to think about leasing and buying the pros of leasing, short-term commitment, warranty coverage, Temporary use of a depreciable asset, you know, you're not, you're not married to this thing and uh, not having to worry about, you know, long-term maintenance and, you know, mm-hmm. whether you can keep it roadworthy for the next 10 years. On the, on the downside, you know, the cost, the, your, your total cost may end up being higher than ownership. Oh, we should add to the, to the pro side, like a lower dollar amount up front usually. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yep. You know, and that's, you know, you don't have to come up with a big down payment or a big chunk of money to buy the car outright. It's, it's usually fairly small. Yeah. Um, and from a, like just a pure payment save standpoint too, Dave, typically, you know, your lease payments are lower than what your mm-hmm. car payments are because you're buying the whole car usually over five years versus leasing it for two years. So. Yeah. Yeah. The, on the downside, again, you know, your, res, your total costs may be higher, but then you're also restricted on your miles, restricted on modifications. You can't really change or alter the car. And, right. and at the end of the day, when your lease is up, you have nothing to show for it, really. Right. You know, there's no trade in value. There's no, um, no asset there. Typically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we talked about earlier, right? Yeah, Where people are, yeah. you know, their 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 buyout value yeah. is lower than the actual but, value of the car. Don't don't go lease <laughs> don't, a car today. Don't. Expect you know, <laughs> and, and gosh, you know, if anybody 
did, did anybody lease a car two or three years ago thinking, boy, in 2022, the, right? the used car <laughs> market's going to be distorted, <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's, that's a once in a lifetime, probably. Yeah. You know, and the car companies are going to work to make sure that doesn't happen again. Right. Right. Uh, you know, so I think another thing that we could throw in here too is from on a leasing standpoint, right? If you're always going to need a car, that means you're always going to have a car payment. Yeah. Quote unquote. Yeah. Right. Yeah. On the buy side, you know, if we broke it down to pros and cons, kind of the flip of, of leasing, you've got control over how long you own it. You've got mm-hmm. discretion over customization. You can, you can swap things out, do different things. You have the ability to buy or, um, you know, to buy it outright sell it it's it's all in your hands on the other side you know you've got a higher sunk cost and depreciation Mm -hmm. up front particularly if you're buying a new car you're gonna Mm -hmm. have to come up with more money on the front end you're responsible for the long-term upkeep you know you've got to keep that car roadworthy as long as you are gonna have to use it and then, you, and you mentioned this a minute ago, you've got, you're responsible then for the hassle of trading it in, selling it, right. you know, understanding what the value is. You know, for mm-hmm. me, it's always, boy, how do I trust the car dealer to, you know, right to, to tell me what my trade-in value is. Always and if very, you don't, then you got to deal with trying to sell it yourself. Yeah, so. <laughs> and, and I've, I've done both. And I learned from that experience that even if I don't, like the trade-in value, it's still better than me trying to sell it on my own. <laughs> Worth the extra 500 to yeah, 1,000 yeah, bucks to yeah, not have to deal yeah. with it. Sometimes we have to learn these lessons about ourselves <laughs> the hard way. Sometimes more than once. <laughs> so, so, so once again, we've not really talked about money other than, you know, in loose terms here, right? Right. And this is all kind of a preference, yeah. you know, of, of what, where you see yourself yeah. and, and, I have what not kind of use you want to get out of it? actually ever done a formal like break-even analysis for a client on this. Yeah. I, I don't I think I either. ever, you know, we've done we've done that for like mortgage payoffs or like do I want to pay right. pay cash for a certain big purchase versus financing. So if you wanted to, you know, because usually, right, when we've gone through all these qualitative questions, like how mm-hmm. do you feel about this? They've the client has either decided at that point, yeah, it's worth it for me to lease, or no, you're right, I should buy, or you know, they've they've kind of figured it out on their own without having to run side by side costs because mm-hmm. that mental accounting takes care of. I know, I know that's the way it would be for me, right? And and sure. I certainly could do a detailed cost benefit analysis if I wanted to, but I've never I've never done that for myself either in this case. If you wanted to do a break-even analysis and like the, the last box on the flow chart, right, is, is basically like consider conducting a break-even analysis as you assess the overall financial impact, either by or lease. So, yeah. so I feel like we should mention it, right? <laughs> sure. So, so if you're going to do that, you know, you want to make sure you include for buying all the upfront costs, interest costs, if you're, if you're financing it, mm-hmm. you know, estimate your maintenance costs, figure, you know, three oil changes a year or whatever your normal maintenance routine is. And, and then, but then also, you know, trying to discount and add back in at the end, some kind of resale value. Right. And good luck, you know, putting a real number on that, but you know, that's, that's <laughs> the only, nowadays. it's the only way to do a fair break even analysis. So, right. 
And then, you know, on the leasing side, figure out what your upfront costs and your payments would be, you know, and run that out and see where you'd end up in a couple of years. Yeah. And so what you're kind of looking for here is that at some point buying should theoretically surpass leasing in terms of the total overall cost. There's more costs up front with buying. So in the beginning, the first mm-hmm. couple of years, like if you were going to buy a car and sell it a year or two later, yes, probably better off leasing. Yes. If you were going to buy a car and hold on to it for five, six, seven, eight yeah. years, you're probably better off. At some point, the leasing costs will overtake what you put into buying depending yeah. on resale yeah. value and things like that. Um, so it's just a matter of kind of running those, if you really wanted to know, running those numbers and figuring out, okay, does this happen in year six or does it happen in year 10? And yeah. do I want to own a car for 10 years or do I, you know, maybe want to get rid of it after four years or five yeah. years? You know, those are yeah. kind of the decisions well, that will help frame that. You know, but back to like, do you need to do a formal break-even analysis? I would put out there that in most situations, the break-even point isn't going to be in the first three years, right? Right. And leases are generally two years or three years. Yep. So we're back to square one, literally on the sure. flow chart. Do you feel like you need a new car every two or three years? Right. And and if that is you, then yeah, you probably should lease. Skip the analysis and right. lease, right? Right. Right. <laughs> well, right. And to your point too, I don't think it's as drastic of a difference, right? It's no. not like these humongous crossing intersections no. where after, you know, 10 years you're gonna end up saving 20 grand or something. Right. Yeah. And that, you know, um boy, you know, I don't want to sound like the world's laziest financial planner, but <laughs> but at a certain point too, right? It's about practicality the difference between buying and leasing a car isn't going to change your life, right? We're not talking having, you know, thousands of extra dollars to invest if you do one or the other. You're talking Mm -hmm. a marginal cost that's within that realm of, well, if this happens or this happens, it's all different anyway. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's just, you know, to your point, I think there's just so many more important things to focus on in terms of like, hey, mm-hmm. what's your savings rate doing right now? Right. Like what's your, you know, what's, right. what are some of these big things that you're doing? As long as you're acing that part of the test, it doesn't really matter what you do in the yeah. whole lease buy situation yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, um, but I, if you're, you know, struggling with some of those things, then it really is time to look at maybe how do I improve those and how does that relate to my car business? Yeah. And I think, I, I think this all comes down to, you know, our attitude has always been about let's, let's be practical about financial planning. Let's not try to nail everything down to the nearest dollar, you know, right. uh, marginal utility of X, Y, and Z. It's more right. about, yeah, are you getting the big things that we can control taken care of? Well, and, you know, to that point too, like more important than the buy lease decision is what can you afford, right? Am mm-hmm. I buying a, you know, $100,000 Bugatti? I don't even mm-hmm. know what, if that's even a car day. If I just, yes, Bugatti's <laughs> I think I've heard car. it before. <laughs> it's probably more than $100,000, but you get the point. Yeah. Or are you buying a, you know, Toyota Camry? Yeah. Like where, where do you fall there is probably way more, more important, important than whether you buy that yeah. or whether you lease that. Yeah, particular that's, car. that's, that's a good way to put it. To get it down to the 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 practical decisions, and more right. about that, like which which of those type of car yeah. are you 
Right. For sure. So um, hopefully this is helpful. And I know that um, it's one of those things that's been coming up a lot lately. So, you know, think yeah. through kind of yeah. who you want to be and, and think of it in that term instead of maybe buying versus leasing. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll be in a, in a pretty good spot. So Dave, as always, been a pleasure. Uh, if our listeners have any questions, they can feel free to shoot us an email at info at srbadvisors.com. And uh, as a follow-up to this, uh, maybe we'll do a break-even analysis, right, Dave? Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll whip (laughs) out our spreadsheets. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Nick. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.